I'm John, in case you hadn't realised. And uh, it's a real privilege, pressure, pleasure to once again bring God's word to you here today. And we're now into week three of our discipleship series. Our Paul did the first one for us on being devoted to Jesus. Then Carl last week went through devoted to the word. And Lizzie did it as well in Fordingbridge. Great job. Well done. And today it's me. Devoted to prayer. Sounds like a cue to pray, doesn't it? Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for always looking to equip us to do with your life, Lord, to do with life. Help us to learn more about you here today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before we get stuck into this, let's just remind ourselves about what this series is looking to achieve while we're running this discipleship series. And the aim is that us, as individual believers, grow into a greater maturity in our relationship with Jesus. Now, I think you'll all agree that at some stages, we're going to hit some storms, some more than others. So we want you guys to be ready for this, deep-rooted, standing firm in the goodness of God. So when those storms do arrive, we don't sway to the left or to the right or fall over, I won't do that, but we are firmly secure in Jesus. So if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, your storm, I reckon, is going to be worse than ours. As the part as the, the, the part of the family we are here at New Life Community Church. So I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of this to put that right. Now anyway, um, looking at that list of things over seven, seven weeks, prayer wouldn't necessarily have been the one that I would have gone for. Um, what do you reckon I would have gone for? Service. Correct. Because I love serving and I love getting stuck in. But prayer, <sighs> confession time here, I, I blow very hot and cold. And I don't think I've had the kettle on very much recently. So I don't think it's any coincidence that I've been asked to bring this message to you today. And if we ever needed reminding, I think God's got a sense of (laughs) humour. But why do we blow hot and cold? Well, there could be a number of factors, and we'll try and unpack these some today. My goal at the end of it is that you'll be encouraged to persevere with prayer, even when the going gets tough, and then you can persevere And when you can persevere, I think you're going to cope with those storms a whole lot better. But anyway, here we go. Swig of water.
Now, in our junk room at home, which we call a study, um, <laughs> we've got about half a dozen good books on prayer. Ogilvy, he calls his book Conversation with God. And I think that's a great definition of prayer. Conversation with God. Don't just stand there, pray something. I like that for its simplicity. Or what about Pete Grieg? How to pray. And what's good is the little bit underneath where it says... A simple guide for normal people. (laughs) So how do I pick the bones out of that and the other three that I haven't even brought forward and keep this down to about half an hour? There's another confession. I haven't actually read all of those three books from cover to cover. I'm a a sort of a, a dipper in and a dipper out of books. And um, probably out quicker than in. Um, when I do remember to pray, when I do remember to pray to God, he does normally highlight what he wants me to pick out. And hopefully I've shoved some of that in here today. But more often than not, I'll just go in blind anyway. And I'm rarely getting the results that I'm looking for. So, instead of relying on my own strength, my homework over the next few weeks is going to be to read at least one of those books and gain the full benefit. And I want you guys to challenge me on that. I'm sure you will. Okay. When... When I obviously started putting this message together, something came up pretty quickly that I should make reference to. The Bible. Yeah. God's Word. So I went, I started off, I went to the NIV, it's an NIV, 1984, and I went to the concordance at the back and looked up prayer absolutely loaded with it. More than a hundred references of prayer. Pray, praise, prayers, prayers. Said that already. Prayed and praying, etc. Over a hundred references. I think God's saying this is quite important to us. So let's get some a few fundamental points down. And today I've got six points. Now, you know I would try and line them up normally. Well, they've all got prayer in, so they've all got P in it. The six are, why should we pray? When should we pray? How should we pray? What can stop us from praying? Who should we be praying for? And how can we grow in our prayer? Now, some of these are quite short. So, the first point, why we should pray. In short, because God wants us to. 
over a hundred references in his word. I think he's making it loud and clear, folks. I'm going to unpack a few of those references as we go on. We also need to pray because we're not big enough, clever enough, or godly enough to deal with life's problems or to discipline our own lives. Now, a few of those references are all clustered together in Ephesians 6 and verse 18. So, if you have got Bibles handy, I shall read from the NIV, 1984, and um, Ephesians 6, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Okay, so we've got the Apostle Paul here. He's in full flow. He's getting towards the end of his letter to the Ephesians. And earlier in that chapter, he talked about the importance of putting on the full armour of God. And I love this analogy of the, the full armour of God. The belt of truth. The breaststroke breastplate even, of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. Great stuff. Let's remember we're in a real battle here and every prayer is a powerful weapon. On to our second point, when should we pray? Well, prayer's not just a petition but praise and worship. Prayer is conversation, it's crying out, it's prayer at all times. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. It's a short point now, on to our third one, how we should pray. Basically, we should use every kind of prayer that we can lay our hands on. Something that I say quite often Throw the kitchen sink at it. The more the merrier. There's a few suggestions. We could pray as a group. We could pray as individuals. We could pray silently. Guess what's coming next? You could pray noisily and shout. You could pray in the car. There's a diversion here. Um, Jill and I... Jill and I wanted to join this church when it first opened back in October 2015. And unfortunately, selling our house in Winchester and finding something down this neck of the woods took a lot longer than we'd anticipated. So we were in the car a lot, at least twice a week, driving down to Wimborne. Probably more than that when we were looking at all those 47 houses we looked at. Um, <laughs> great time to pray. Great time to hear prophetic words from God as well. There's loads of other ways that, that we can pray, but I don't want you to nod enough. So I've just put three together that are linked with other matters running in tandem with them, like praying in hands, where 
we're actually touching people to lay on hands. Praying in tongues or praying and fasting. Don't just sit there, pray something. Now also, my Bible jumped up on this subject of how we should pray. And of course, it took me to Matthew 6, verse 5 through to 13. Not surprisingly, headed up prayer. Again, I'm on my NIV. Matthew 6, 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you this, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So whilst we're told to pray, in a secret place. Jesus also tells us how we shouldn't pray. And in summary, he's basically saying, do God with business in your hearts. Now, if God knows what we need before we pray, why bother? Well, prayer is part of a way that we can relate to him. How can we say we've had a relationship with God if we never talk to him? Communication's the key. And that got me thinking back to, to my wife, Jill, and our 44 years of marriage. And how we've communicated over those, those years. And last week, Carl was telling us, sorry Beth, but Carl was telling us about him and Beth used to contact each other, didn't, didn't he? On emails. Well, Jill and I go, Jill and I go, we go quite a bit further back than that. So, <laughs> so when I wasn't going around in the evening, I'd dip down to the end of the road to the telephone box. Do you remember the telephone box, those red things? 
there are books in, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. With a stash of ten pence pieces. I didn't want my parents to know what I was saying, so I always used to go out there. And of course, you didn't have mobiles in those days. And they'd pump in the ten peas in. Did, 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 did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you remember that time when we put one in and it went on for about an hour? <laughs> yeah. You've been worth it, dear. Here's a couple of practical pointers for you to consider. Verses 9 onwards. We often refer to that as the Lord's Prayer. And I look at that as a kind of a template to help us believers to relate to God. And it's not wrong to pray all the way through as a prayer, but not just on its own right. I reckon it's, I'm thinking food again there, I reckon it's a bit like the starter. And God's waiting also for the main course. And of course the pudding. And then he's going to help us wash up. And Matthew 6, 9, the message, which I also dip in from time to time, that says, that's nice, it says, pray with simplicity. Remember the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, silly or stupid. (laughs) So we've done the, the why, the when and the how. So we've done three of the six points. So here's point four. What stops us from prayer? Often, I don't pray because I'm too overconfident in my own abilities. So here's a quote for me and maybe for some of you guys from Winston Churchill, who said to Britain in the early days of the Second World War, And he said this to the nation, he said, I must drop one word of caution, for next to cowardice and treachery, overconfidence, leading to neglect and slothfulness, or being lethargic, is the worst of wartime crimes. Ooh. Um, Romans 12, verse 3, says... For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So if we decide not to pray, we're on our tide, aren't we? We're on our own. So use it. Use it to the full. Keep the throttle on. I kind of thought of a, a tank of fuel that as you drive off, it starts sloshing around, doesn't it? And then eventually, you're stranded miles from anywhere. Well, prayer's not like that. We've been given a prayer tank that doesn't need topping up with fuel. And we can use it endlessly. We can keep cooking on gas. 
Jude tells us in verse 20, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit knows exactly what's in our hearts and he understands our needs even better than we can explain them and I find that very reassuring. (laughs) He knows exactly what's in our hearts and understands our needs better than we do. Romans 8, still in Romans again, 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So God's response to our need doesn't even require us to get the words right. He's not going to refuse our request on a technicality because we've got a few words wrong. Praise God for that. Another word for prayer could be cry. Babies cry until they learn how to talk. And it's up to mum and dad, or nana and granddad, to suss out what's wrong and put it right. God, with, God deals with us in the same way. He hears our cries. He takes full responsibility for understanding when we cry to him. So if you're up against it and can't see a way through, cry out to the Lord. Tell him what you know and feel. And then trust him. Trust him for the answer. And this just doesn't work if you're in church on a Sunday or if you're in life group. But it works at any time. At home, at work, or whatever. Okay, on to our fifth point. Who should we be praying for? Let's go back to Ephesians 6.18, because it's a while since we were in there. And Paul's expression, with this in mind, well, what's he got in mind? Well, I think he's actually got in mind about the opposition that we as Christians are going to get. It's not personal to us. It's personal between the devil and Jesus. Satan insults Jesus by attacking us. John 15, 18. That reminds us, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. And then in verse 20, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Often the devil will use other people to get at us. They might not even be aware that they're doing it. So put your armour on that God's provided. Exodus 14.14 reminds us, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Sadly, this onslaught This evil onslaught's not going away until Jesus returns. 
So we've got to keep alert and keep our armour on. And we don't want to be sleepwalking into a spiritual trap. And we're not alone, are we? We've got many Christians, brothers and sisters, who are under attack. We don't need to know all these by name, because God knows who they are. We just have to pray for them. Just remember to pray for them. Now, as a, Christ, as a, as a Cherries fan, I'm really struggling when it says about praying for the saints. So... <laughs> But the latest NIV refers to them as the Lord's people. So I'm much more comfortable with that. (laughs) So let's pray for them, for the Lord's people. And I've also made a note in here about praying for our church leaders. Present, future, past as well. You guys have done a great job. You've been under a lot of attack. And sometimes we've we put a heavier burden on you than perhaps we should have done, but you, you guys have been great for us. But I'm sure you remember when the push comes to shove, you're going to have to give an account to this, to the God. So we pray for you guys. Now the book of Acts, if you looked at the book of Acts, from top to bottom, plastered in stuff about prayer private and public let's just pick up Acts 2.42 and it tells us that the fellowship of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer and it's that word devoted Whoops. Get back over here. Devoted. My definition in the dictionary says loyal. No, it doesn't. It says zealously loyal. Or it could be enthusiastic or dedicated, ardent, fervent, or even fanatical. Can I say that about my prayer life? Hot and cold. Let's not also, let's not just think that prayer's been tacked on the end here of Acts 2.42. It's part of its own, it's in there on its own right. And there's so many more references in Acts. There's another eight, which when you get home, have a look through Acts. Answers on the postcards. Now, if we're feeling anxious about anything, let's remind ourselves of Philippians 4, in verses 4 to 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. He's seen it twice, it must be quite important. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And after reading that, how can you not pray? That the peace of God goes beyond all understanding. And at the same time, is like a lookout for our hearts and our minds. On to the sixth and final point. How can we grow in prayer? Now, unfortunately, like many things as a Christian, this is a marathon and not a sprint. And at times we're going to tire. And I've put in here, grab the Lucas aid, but that might mean something to you. <laughs> the paracetamol but we know how important prayer is to our Lord and there is help there is help in the church there's help in his word and there's other things we can do to help us if you do like reading books not like me but if you do like reading books why don't you ask one of our leaders to recommend a good book on prayer to you don't ask me because I just dip in and out. Most of us have got mobile phones these days. So our life group, we talk to each other on WhatsApp. And if we're having a bad day, we say so. And we pray for each other on the phone. And there's nothing wrong with praying for people on the phone. If God knows what we're going to say before we've even spoken it, we can hear it on the phones as well, can't we? I know that some of you guys have got an app on your phone called Lectio 365. I've even downloaded it myself to give it a go. Um, and in this app, which is also covered in Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, a simple guide for normal people, in there is a nice... You know how I like my acronyms. A nice word, P-R-A-Y. So it'd be rude not for me to mention it, wouldn't it? The P, the P is for pause, to be still. The R is to rejoice with a psalm and reflect on scripture. Your A, A is for ask for God's help and your why is to yield to his will in your life as we heard earlier most Sunday evenings at 8 o'clock there's a prayer meeting on Zoom it's got a bit of competition tonight with Downton I'm just <laughs> Downton the church not Downton the Mickey Mouse <laughs> program um, <laughs> So I'm a bit torn tonight whether to do that or... Does anybody want to lift a downturn? <laughs> right. When there's no competition, the Zoom is a great opportunity just to... It's not everybody's bag, is it, going on Zoom? And, uh, um, but <laughs> great opportunity 
but us as a group of churches in our living rooms to just connect and offer up prayers. Then on the first Wednesday of every month, we put our life groups on hold and we meet up for prayer. So we'll have another one in November, which actually clashes with the Liverpool game. So I'm in the <laughs> dilemma again. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Help me out. Maybe I'll just see the highlights. Yeah. Um, sorry. If you're not already in a life group, it's never too late to join. Even if you can't come every week, you can still be connected. And the guys there will look after you and help you if you're in difficulty. So, Gordon and Danny, where's she gone? <laughs> I was going to ask you to come back. It's like you're on your tug, Daddy. Go on. I better keep talking then. <laughs> now, I did say it. I did say at the beginning there'd be an opportunity for those that haven't given their life to the Lord to do so. Well, this is it. I was glad I gave my life to the Lord. It, I was a bit. I was a late developer, but over 30 years ago, and quite honestly, I've never regretted it. John 3:16 tells us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So if God sent his own Son Jesus to live with us down on earth and he allowed his Son to be crucified for us and he rose again on the third day and if we accept that and surrender our lives to him we can have eternal life. And if that's you, please come and talk to me soon and we'll pray for you and get you started on your life as a Christian. For the rest of us, let's just remind ourselves of those six points that I covered earlier. We looked at why, when and how we should pray. And then we looked at some of the things that could stop us, like pride or like overconfidence and this was followed by who we should be praying for and then we looked at practical ways that we could help us to grow in prayer so over to you guys shall we stand <laughs>